0: The Open Source Creative Podcast, episode 13. Starting is easy, yeah, if you're already moving. This is the Open Source Creative Podcast, a podcast where I ramble on about creativity, process, and open source software during my work commute. Hooray! The podcast is back. Woohoo! All right. Sorry, folks, uh, for the prolonged break on the last episode. Hopefully. All of the fun and good stuff in this episode makes up for the slack. The goal is to keep this podcast weekly, so if you do catch me slacking off, definitely give me a poke and time I get back to work. In any case, I'm pretty happy with this episode. There's there's lots of new stuff to catch up on, but the main meat of the episode is on getting started, getting inspired with your work and, and whatever creative stuff you're producing. It's the start of the year, and a lot of people use this time to think about what they want to work on for the next 52 weeks not just one project for the whole time necessarily, but a bunch of different projects, you know, split up or, or not. And, well, I mean, a lot of people get stuck right there at the beginning. It, you know you want to make a thing, but the specifics on what that thing is might escape you. I, I want to make a, a drawing. I want to write a book. I want to a, make a 3D model of a scene of something. But, you know what's the book about what's the drawing of what's the the what's in the animation what's the film about you know the that's that's you know where a lot of people get stuck and with any looks luck <laughs> some of the suggestions i make can help clear out your brain fog and get you going hopefully Eh. As always, if there's something I say that strikes a chord, you can make a comment on it in the podcast section of my website. That would be monsterjavaguns.com podcast. Or you can track me down. I'm Jason Van Gumster. Um, on whatever your favorite social media site is, I'm probably there. Just look for Monster Java Guns. So if you, once you find me, tell me what you think and uh also i do have an email newsletter that's still a thing i have it's a plain text light traffic thing i'm not even sure i've sent an email out to the whole list yet this year um in any case you can subscribe to that on my website which i already said the url for so i will not repeat it because that would be spammy and stupid <laughs> anyway it's on the sidebar please subscribe if you can, if you want i'll be Telling you all sorts of fun information when I'm on that as well. Anyhow, let's get on with the show. Oh, we're going to toast marshmallows, are we? Could be. Hi there! Welcome to the Open Source Creative Podcast. I'm Jason Van Gumster, your host and driver. Still, it's the new year and I'm sorry folks that I really slacked the hell off on on the, uh, the holiday podcasting shenanigans. I mean, to be fair, this is a podcast that I record as I commute to work and I had the last two weeks of December off. Therefore, I had nowhere to commute to. So there wouldn't... I I mean, in going with the theme of the, of, of the podcast, I, I wouldn't be able to record it then, quite logically. But I also realized that I don't think I recorded a pod... Oh, I don't think I posted a podcast for the entire month of December. So that that is kind of slack on my... end. I actually recorded a different episode 13... Um, but it was the day that I was leaving, it was my last day of work, and the day I was leaving for, for holiday travel stuff, and never really got around to editing it, editing it, and so by the time that, uh, well, at this point, might as well just start a new, start afresh, and, uh, yeah, so, this is, this is episode 13, take two, we'll say. But uh, I had a good holiday, and, and Happy New Year to, to you, folks. Also, I've been coughing. I got pretty sick over the break, so if my voice sounds all kinds of fucked up, that's because it, it is. Yeah. But let me jump to some news, because a lot of stuff went down when I wasn't podcasting, and I'm barely going to touch on the, the tip of most of it. That sounded gross. Anyway, so let me just run down the list here. Uh, as far as new releases go, Darktable one point six came out with a whole bunch of new goodies and stuff, so that's worth checking out. Natron one point one, man, I really hope that's the way you pronounce that. Uh, Natron is for if you're not familiar with it yet. Natron is a compositing app that is um, frighteningly similar in l- sim- <laughs> frighteningly similar in. Look and appearance and performance, from what I understand, to nuke. So it's worth checking out. It's, I mean, it's it's fairly new. Um, it's, a, I believe it's a bunch of French developers who are putting it together, and it's it's a quality thing. There's a lot of good good uh, example files and example work coming out of it. So it hit 1.0. So check it out if you're uh, if you're into the compositing thing. That's uh, oh, and of course. Most recently, Blender 2.73 just came out. I think they, they screamed ahoy like two days ago. So if you're, if you're updating Blender, go and get it. So those are, those are at least the software releases that I'm aware of as far as creative open source software that came out over the last month-ish. Also interesting stuff goes on. There's a company called ExoCortex, and they make a product called Crate. What Crate does? Crate is a is an API. That's not really an API. It's it's a, set, it's a set of plugins for working with Alembic files. Alembic is a point cache format that's used a lot, mostly in like film and video, uh, film and, and uh, visual effects kind of things, but also regular animation as well. Point cache being, let's put it this way: when you when you animate with say a rig that has skeletons and deformers and all this stuff works great for animating but when you get around to do to, to lighting the scene and, and setting it up and everything uh, you don't need those extra controls you just need the animation so what what a lot of studios do is they will bake that animation to a series of point caches which is faster to process and uh, you can play this back almost in real, real time especially uh, because you don't have to worry about any additional calculations, you're just changing a vertex's point from in one spot to, to another spot. It's kind of the same way Blender's fluid simulator works. And there's an open source format, four point caches, called Alembic, and Crate is a product with plug, uh, that's a plugins for uh, Maya, Max, Softimage, basically all the Autodesk tools, and I think also Houdini. And it's also got a Python API. And it's made for working with Olympic files. And what ExoCortex has done is they have released that as free software, uh, MIT license, I think. So it's, it's they've, they've gone ahead and released that. Now, there are people already talking about trying to integrate that into Blender or other, other open source 3D programs. Problem is, at least on the Blender side, is that ExoCortex's Python API is for Python 2. Uh, 2.6 and 2.7. Blender's Python API is Python 3. Python 3 and Python 2 uh, don't mix particularly well. So, the upside is that ExoCortex is free, so making, so porting it from Python 2 to Python 3 which sounds like a pretty fun and, uh, well, kind of fun, but pretty good as a first step for, for a first project for something that's been open sourced, right? Right? So... Maybe somebody can get on that, and then you can have a nice and proven Olympic pipeline as an add-on for Blender. That's a suggestion. Other interesting things, the Foundry, which is... Speaking of Nuke, the Foundry, the the software company that not too long ago bought Moto and produced Nuke and, and a bunch of other... Uh, applications used in all sorts of visual effects films and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, the Foundry's for sale. The thing is, everyone kind of saw that coming, because it's been owned for the last, what, two years? Maybe more? By, by an investment firm, and uh, investment firms invest in things so that they can get their money back. Hopefully with a profit. That's sort of the deal. So, it's been more or less officially announced that the, the Foundry is for sale, and the complication there is that the price tag that the 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 owning company has is is sort of bandying about. I think it's like 200 million dollars. I think I have to look that up. So it'll be in the show notes. But the price tag is substantially higher than what they bought for it. Obviously, but it also puts it in the point where there's only a handful of companies. That would be able to afford such a price tag for the foundry, and therefore all of the the software that that is built into that uh, company. So I mean, we're talking Autodesk and Adobe uh, money. I don't think Adobe has a huge interest in it, and uh, I really don't want Autodesk to have a huge interest in it. I mean, there's hope that a that a smaller company will will be able to to amass the funds or something for it and we'll see um, it's one of those things where there's a lot of speculation people are throwing about well they were throwing it about the story's kind of died over the last couple of weeks but that's uh that's a con- concerning thing you don't want to have all of those tools under one roof and mixed with competitor tools all under one roof because that just means it's going to you know, it'll, it'll be what happened when Adobe bought Macromedia, or uh, Autodesk bought Softimage. Right? There's those tools will go away, or they'll be fused in, and they won't be what they used to be. So, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. But uh, there's a bunch of people who are nervous, and uh, that's that's what happens with with proprietary commercial software. Right? It gets. It gets sold and you don't know who's gonna own it and you don't know what their decisions are gonna be with that software later. At least with free software, you have the source code. Can't take that away from you. Hooray! Uh, The problem I don't have to worry about. (laughs) Other fun things. um, These are mostly Blender-centric, actually, but I'll just run through them. For one, uh, you'll recall that I did a grease pixel animation and I wrote a a big old post-mortem about it on on my blog at monsterjavaguns.com. The rest of the URL is long. You, you can find it. It's on there. <laughs> but, so I wrote that long whole post. Well, uh, Joshua Long, Leon, Leon man, I got to ask him how to actually pronounce his last name. I feel like a dumbass pronouncing it wrong. In any case, Ali which is what he goes by when he's coding for Blender, he uh, he posted to his blog a number of examples of people doing animations exclusively with grease pencil and there's some really cool and impressive stuff on there so i'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes um they're you know some of them are christmasy but they're they're still worth looking at and i think i got mentioned in there so yay what else have we got oh speaking of post-mortems and and Discussing discussing animations and 2D-looking animations done in Blender. Um, the good folks over at Urchin, which would be... Oh, well, there's, there's a lot of them. But, well, it's not that many, but... The same people who are on the Tube project, which is... Uh, oh, Wires for Empathy. Which is um, Basam Kardali's long-standing animation project that he's been working on for a number of years now. And hopefully he'll have done this soon. Uh, well, he actually took a break from Wires for Empathy and worked on a promotional animation for the Free Software Foundation called UserLib. And there's a really thorough and um, useful post-mortem on it on the Urchin website. So you should definitely take a gander at that thing. There's there's some really good tips and information. And as... as folks at urchin do it's a and because it's a free software foundation um project the animation and all the assets for it are released under i think creative commons and they've put links to them right there in that blog post so go check it out there's some really cool things in there so there's that and the another little bit the uh Tom Rosendahl from the Blender Foundation, the, the the Blender Foundation guy, posted on the on blender.org uh, 18 different what well, he and his, sort of his most anticipated development projects for Blender in 2015. There's 18 of them and they're very interesting to listen to or listen to. They're written to read. There's there's some exciting stuff coming to Blender the next year even if even if only half of or a, th- a quarter of them actually come to full completion, there's still some really exciting stuff going on there. So I really encourage you to read that and check it out. And little side note, for those of you who remember me doing the 48 hour film project all those years ago, uh, I think is the third 48 hour film project I did. We did a short film. It's on my YouTube channel called "Gray Justice Puncher of Men. Well, there's a screenshot of Blender using uh, a, product, a screenshot of Blender with Grey Justice in it as part of that uh, that blog post Ton wrote. So, there's a little piece of trivia for you. Yay! Also, over the break, I finished writing all of the updates for Blender for Dummies 3rd Edition. Uh, that's an that's editorial now. So, with any luck, that book will be ready in April... So I'll still keep chatting you up about it. Uh, what I've done, Based on what I did, some some feedback I got from you guys, and you know, of course a question I made on the last podcast oh so long ago, um, I kept the tutorial chapters in the book. There's three of them near the end, and uh, have gone with, with keeping them. I'm still actually 4% long on the book. The book's just over 500 pages, so 4% is still like 20 pages and uh i'm gonna have to find ways to trim and cut and and edit that um it means i don't think i'll be able to cover a whole lot on like motion tracking in uh in the book but it's still very thorough a lot of updates man a whole like fuck ton of updates are are in that book and I uh, hope you guys are going to be really happy with it. I'm, I'm pretty happy with where it stands. We'll, we'll see how happy my editor is when I get when I get my notes back from him. So, yeah, that's good news. That's good stuff happening there. Which also means I get to return to writing fiction-y things. In addition to the lies that I've continued to post every day on monsterjavaguns.com. You know, my website. Which, granted, I still have to update some pages on it. But I'll get around to it. I will. I just needed to finish that book. Now I can work on some other things. So there. And yeah, that, uh. oh, also in the course of all of that stuff, uh, I think we talked, I talked a little bit last episode, maybe I did, about Sony, Sony getting hacked. That turned out to be national news, international news, when uh, they, they, they canceled the interview. As a as a as a major release and well technically just sort of full and complete picture there it wasn't exactly Sony that canceled the interview it was the theaters who basically Sony went to them and said you know if you don't mind you know there's there's been violent there's been threats of violence if you don't show uh, the interview at your theaters then you know we're not going to hold you to your obligations and. and penalize you for not showing it and so the theater said uh, yeah let's not do that we're we're not going to show it so real, i mean yeah sony acquiesced a little bit there but the theater's totally lamed out so there there's that it's it's not entirely sony's fault there and they ended up they did end up releasing it on youtube and and a bunch of other different places so it's it's out there a bunch of small theaters showed it and things but in addition to Sony getting hacked the Pirate Bay got raided and so the Pirate Bay went down for for a spell I'm reasonably sure I haven't checked that it's back up no, I mean I don't think anybody really expected the site to be down all that long but if it's still down maybe you know I could be wrong it's, it might still be down but I don't think so in any case the funny thing is I, I, I had a I was reading some conversations about that and I sort of interjected a little bit. Because um, I, I keep running into a number of creatives who are, you know, they're angry about piracy and, and, and those sort of things. Sort of, you know, you're stealing money from me. That, that kind of mindset. And I mean, while I... I it's a natural feeling, I think, that for people to have that. I sort of interjected my own little thing on there. I mean, sort of in my mind... If you're if you if you're producing content of any sort, but creative content in particular, and or or non-creative content, but if if you're making anything, then really I don't I, I I like to think of piracy as a barometer for for how popular a product is, and if your product isn't being pirated, then chances are good that there's not a very large audience for it. I mean that's, that's, that's kind of the way that I look at it. And, uh, so, I mean, I, you know, everybody, everybody who's made, who's, who's made a book or, uh, a film or a TV show or whatever, you know, the, the first time you see your stuff that being pirated, there, there is the visceral response of, Oh no, that's, that's, that's money. I'm not be I'm not making. And I actually, I, I was unhappy with that, uh, the first time that I saw it, but then, I'll tell you what changed my mind on it. I had a student come up to me and give me $10 and said, looked at me and told me, you know, I got your book. I like your book, but I, I, I torrented it. I I downloaded it from a, you know, I pirated your book and, and I got it for free. So, uh, since, since I know you, here's $10. And, uh, I said, thank you. And I realized that based on the royalty, the way the royalty system's set up for my book, I'm, man, I really hope this doesn't get, maybe I I should be saying this. Hopefully the publisher doesn't get mad at me. In any case, based on the royalties that I get for my book, for that particular book, and most traditionally published books, you know, I make a dollar for every copy that gets sold. Yeah, so I, I roughly, on average, for every book that gets that gets sold, I make a dollar off of whatever the the price tag for the book is, give or take. So, if somebody pirated my book and gave me ten dollars cash, technically they, you know, they paid me as much as I'd get paid for for ten books. So, and and again, as a barometer for 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 popularity, the fact that it was available to be to be stolen, to be pirated at all, um, you know. I, at this point i don't think that's all that bad of a thing so yeah i mean and there, there there are other people who have have that kind of mindset so yeah um i'm not going to say necessarily that i'm i'm rooting for the pirate bay to come back but when it does come back it's not it's not like it's going to hurt me not the way i figure but that's just the way i think about it yeah. now let me get in to the main body of the podcast. I had a lot of news. Well, I was out for a, for a month or so. I guess there'd be a lot of news. Let me talk about the topic. I mean, we're talking, this is the beginning of the year. So it's, and it relates a bit to, to the holiday break because people have this thought during the holiday break as well. But it's it's the time that people think about getting started and doing things, right? You're, you're go, I'm, I'm going to be the creative content person. I don't know why I growled but there you have it right so the idea is getting started getting getting going and I get emails from folks I read blog posts from folks I read forum posts from people and then it's a very common thing I I want to do this but I don't know how to get started you know it's 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 I wanna do a 3D model, I wanna do an animation, I wanna do, I wanna write a book, I wanna do an illustration, I wanna do, you know, I wanna do whatever, fill in the blank, whatever that creative thing is, and I, I either don't know how to get started, or I don't specifically know what it is I wanna do. So So let's let's talk about what you can do. What are some strategies? What are some things you can do to get yourself started? The, the most obvious answer, which is also the least useful answer, is that if you want to get started, then you should start. <laughs> it's, a, it's the most obvious and it's the least sort of least useful because it doesn't give you a how. It doesn't give you an, a, a, on any of those sort of things. But, it, I mean, there's there's still a lot of truth to that. I mean, a lot of people are not starting because they're they're... I mean, you look at that—the the, the sort of—it's almost apocryphal. It's—it's it's the, the metaphorical, uh, and in some cases, literal blank sheet of paper. You're staring at this blank sheet of paper, virtually or otherwise, and you're—you're you're stuck, right? You're that—that that blank sheet is what what keeps your focus gone. I mean, you're you're focusing on it, and you don't know what to put there, and. The simple fact is that if you don't start, if you don't, a lot of people are, are just paralyzed by looking at it and they're paralyzed because, you know, self-doubt. What if, what if what I put down, what if what I, when I start something and it sucks and then I have to start over, you know, I, I, maybe it's better not to put the effort out because then I don't have to start over and make something that's shitty. That's a cop out. Don't do that. If that's your problem, shut your mouth and get to work. Right. But if it's if it's, you know, having that question of of, you know, what should I make? What should I draw? Or what should I, you know, doesn't have to be draw, it could be right, it could be whatever. There's the notion of the warm-up. And and if you're doing something, you can warm up by doing that thing, doing something related to it, or doing something that's tangentially related to it. Let me give you an example. So Say you want to draw something. We'll start simple. Say you want to draw something, but you don't know what to draw. Well, cover cover your eyes, grab the your your pencil like it's a like it's a stick, and just make some random marks on a piece of paper. Then you look at the piece of paper and say, you know, that kind of looks like a horse with a shotgun, or that looks like a, a just a, a normal scene with a duck. Or that looks like a skyscraper you know you can take a look at those random lines and imagine that they're a thing then all you have to do is draw to make that thing that you see in your head right to realize it now I mean then that's that's a good sort of training exercise if if you're or not training but but a warm-up if the thing that you have to do involves imagining something right so so I, I want to draw something from my imagination. Let me get started and just do a warm-up with this this random drawing action. You do the same thing by going, you know, on a cloudy day or a less or at least slightly overcast day. Go outside and look at the clouds and see see what things you see in the clouds. Just or look at any random set of whatever and see if the the. The composition of it, the line work of it, gives you gives you an image, gives you something to think about, and that's that's training your imagination, right? So if you're drawing from 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 memory, drawing from imagination, writing something from your mind, uh, sculpting, etc., that that's going to come from something that's not in existence, then that's that's not a bad warm up. If you have to draw something that does exist, say you're working on a comic book, and you have characters that have to stay on model or you're, uh, you're, you're writing a script and the characters and setting everything established, so you wanna maintain that character's voice, then it's the same sort of muscles that you're flexing there. Or you, you wanna, you know, basically the idea is, you, you wanna work on something that's, that's, that's an established property that it exists in the real world, a portrait, that, those sort of things. Well, a warm up for that would be, maybe you draw from life. Right. if you're again I'm thinking in terms of drawing because I drawing is, is is seeing and it's it's a it's a valuable skill if you don't know how to draw I highly recommend you pick it up but so you could draw so draw from life you know you're sitting there and say like, oh well, I'm gonna I'm sitting in a room there's a light switch in front of me I'm gonna draw the light switch right uh, I'm looking at the window I'm gonna draw whatever I see out the window and you're drawing what you see and by drawing what you see that's that's a warm-up that can help flex those muscles so so then you do that once or twice or three or four times until you feel right and then you go on to what your other project is or maybe in the process of doing it you come up with an idea for a project you're like you know what this drawing from life is bullshit stuff i want to draw from imagination those gears are already those gears are already spinning synapses firing in your brain and you're off to the races you can stop whatever it is you're doing and you're warmed up, right? You're suitably warmed up for whatever it is you're going to do and you go ahead and do it. One of the other things that I do, I mean, really that's, is, is lie. Make up a lie. That's that's kind of the reason why I still do the lie of the day thing and why I restarted it is is the, the original purpose, the original reason for, for lying every day was I wanted to do something creative daily and some days I was really busy and I needed to do something that I could, you know, in a few minutes so making up something making up a bold-faced lie and, and posting it to my blog seemed like a great idea and I think it was I think it worked out for it's it's worked out fairly well for me and I'm continuing continuing to do it because it's it's fun and it's it's a good habit to get into and that's the other thing is that if you're if you're if you are in the habit of doing creative work then the question of how you get started stops being a question you're already doing it. It's part of your habit. It's part of what you do. You know, I, you know, you, you uh, and 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 build it into when you do things. You you have a day job and you go to lunch. Well, break out a pen and scribble on a napkin for lunch, for drawing. Uh, you can also do the writing stuff. Write write longhand in, in a in a moleskin or whatever. Uh, if you do 3D work, there are lunchtime challenges. They do do they do do those. <laughs> I said do do. They do those things and they're online you can find them. People doing lunch challenges for 3D modeling and sculpting. You know, you're if you're doing an animation, take that time and, and work on your boards. Do your storyboards for the animation. If your storyboards are already complete, then you know work your way through the poses on it. There's 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 no untold number of things that you couldn't you can do. And once you get started, you're 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 going, you're good to go, you're golden. So I mean, that's, that's sort of, that's sort of my thing on that is that if you're, if you're, and that's, that's sort of, I think in the theme for the new year, getting started and getting inspiration, getting inspired. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, that's, it's, it's not that hard once you're, once you're in the habit. And I guess that's sort of my recommendation is you don't have to think as hard about what to do, about what to be inspired by. If you're already if if making things is already part of your habit, if it's part of your 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 daily practice, if it's the th- you know it's part of what you do, then then you're already doing it. So try to make do things to make yourself in the habit of creating. If you're in the habit of creating, then. There's, there's no, you'll never run out of things to be inspired by. Also, it, hurt, it doesn't hurt to be easily amused. Um, I'm ridiculously easily amused. I can sit for hours watching my hand move and, and just, oh, my hand's moving. Whee! Um, that might indicate a couple problems with me, but well, we'll back off of that for a second. Just, I mean, really, there's, there's, there's no limit of things. can that can be used for inspiration you could do it in email you know you you get an email from somebody that i should i did that today That's how i ended up with today's lie of the day actually is i got an email from somebody who was soliciting for me to add my my old studio from two years ago they apparently didn't get the the message that i that i sort of closed the doors on it they 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 sent me an email saying hey we want you to be part of our production directory. And uh you know generally you could just ignore such an email. But there's some fun things that were that were I mean in that email that were sent to me, and maybe I was a little snarky on my reply. But I, I use that as a as a launching pad, as a catalyst for describing why the sky is blue as today's lie of the day. Incidentally incidentally it's it's it has to do with the fact that humans are actually nocturnal. <laughs> Who knew it? I'm an idiot. In any case, yeah, you can find inspiration in, in little things, and the the, the the things that you can use that to 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 drive yourself on on whatever it is. So it's it's. I'll, I'll just I'll say it that way. It's it's not about the easiest way to get started on the big project that you want to do or the big project that you feel you're supposed to do is to start small and be in the habit of doing those small ones and the big ideas just come. They, 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 I mean, I'm, at this point, I, I, I can't really conceive of how I could ever be bored or I, how I could ever not have an idea because I, I I make it a point to be in the habit of creating. Whenever I can, and because that's that's part of that my habit, it's part of it's it's infused itself into into my very being, if I'm going to speak in those terms. Because of that, there, there's never there's there's no question. It's just the question then becomes which one do I start on first, and that's. Probably content for another podcast would be finishing the damn thing, right? Because, yeah, getting started is tough, but knowing when you're done, <laughs> sometimes that's harder. But that's that's a whole nother podcast. And uh, on that note, actually, I'm uh, pulling up to work and getting to the end of this podcast this episode and uh, yeah so I'm I actually I'm also really curious you know I kind of want to know what anybody what everybody what anyone listening all you ten of you <laughs> want to you know where, where would you like to hear this podcast go what would you like me to talk about I mean the, the there's my me ranting about shits worth worthwhile but I mean I'm not an angry guy, so I can't rant about things all the time. Is it useful for me to talk about topics like this one? Uh, well, should I talk about businessy things? Should I talk about craft? Oh, like specifics and, and those sort of things. Because I mean, a lot of this stuff is 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 like I, I kind of want the content for this show to be fifty percent open source specific, but also fifty percent creative specific so it's, it's not specific to any software but it's just creative process things that anybody who does creative work considers and thinks about and 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 does those sort of things and again I I have my own personal biases on on that so there's there, there's some things that I'm like it's harder for me to talk about sound and music production because it's not necessarily my field so I, I won't talk I won't be able to talk about that as much or at least not in an informed way I mean I could bullshit you if you really want me to but that's sort of the, the idea and I mean the reason I, I came up with today's topic was because you know this is a problem a lot of people have and uh, you know a large contingent of people who use free and open source creative software are people who don't do this sort of stuff every day I might not be professional professional god I hate that word might not be doing it for a living right and so if you're not doing it for a living, it's, it's kind of less likely that you'll be doing it every day therefore getting started that you're not in that habit and you're not getting started you know the, the question of finding inspiration and getting started actually becomes a question which is why I sort of covered it today but you know there's there are people who are do, using open source software for professional for a job and getting paid for it so I want to address things for for, for you folks too so yeah if if you could post on this episode's comments or on facebook or on twitter or on pinterest or you know send me an email whichever let me know what you think i i I mean i want to grow this show in a way that 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 you're interested in in not only listening about listening to it but i want you to be able to have an active interest in sharing it with uh other people say you know listen listen to the, the open source creative podcast yeah yeah it says open source and it says creative stuff but it's got some really cool information for this that and the other and I really think you should listen to it right that's that's what I kind of would like people to do with the show is maybe I say things that are worth listening to and they want to share it with their friends I hope in any case I'm uh pulling up to work now so I'm gonna stop right here it's the end of this episode I'll see you guys next week time to get to work hello you know uh, know that thing's liable to go off yeah it could Sweetheart.